what is going on guys welcome back to the whole nine draft podcast i am your host josh berg joining me as always is alex katzen how you doing tonight, alex i'm pretty good you know it's been a busy day um gonna be on an episode of the whole nine sports podcast that should be reaching your ears tomorrow i think uh, maybe in a couple days i'm on an interview with keith washington and then uh you know, I had some school stuff to take care of, had some work stuff to take care of, and now we're here. So uh, yeah, we're excited been, to get going. It's been a busy last couple of days. Like the what is it? Like the fourth episode we've recorded in like two nights. So this is this is the third episode we've recorded in two days. Unless you're counting the fact that we recorded, we the had Redskins to record episode one episode twice. twice. Yeah, it's um, and we're recording tomorrow. So yeah, we're trying to get a, as much of a five steady episodes schedule. In four days. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to get a set schedule. Um, I get a guaranteed two days off of work each week, so then on those two days we kind of just record for the entire week, week and a half. So that's yeah. what we're doing. Um, we've got a really good show for you guys. We're going to give you guys the poll results for the position spotlight that Alex put on the Whole Nine Draft podcast Twitter. We had a lot of great interaction um, this week, a lot yeah, more than last week. So close, close to double last time. Yeah, it was it was so, really awesome. So thank you guys for that. We're going to be uh, doing another scouts report. Talking about two guys that were uh, at the Senior Bowl weekend. Not on purpose, it's just kind of just what happened. And then uh, we're, we got a seven-round mock for the Giants, so hopefully Brandon doesn't hate us for it. Oh, we're getting fired after this oh, episode. Oh, 100%. This is the last episode of the podcast. <laughs> but uh, before we dive in, make sure you guys hit us up on social media. Follow me on Twitter at JoshBerg0611. Follow Alex on Twitter at Alex Katzen. That's Katzen with the K. It'll all be in the... Uh, description little box down below uh follow the um podcast on twitter at wn draft pods that way next week when we have a position spotlight you can go ahead and interact vote give us your thoughts as well and you'll yeah, have next week uh, is long snappers so you long snappers 100 <laughs> percent um and and uh you'll be able to get updated when any episode is released go over to whole9sports.com and read a bunch of the articles that we have up there i'm currently working on one that will hopefully be up in a couple days i've Gonna get back in the swing of things of writing stuff, so I'm sitting down tomorrow and make sure it's all edited and all nice and pretty before I send it on the way. And go ahead and follow Whole Nine Sports on Twitter at Whole Nine Sports for a bunch of um, we've got a lot of interactive stuff that we're doing over there as well. And you'll get article notifications, all that fancy stuff for you guys. So we're really hitting the home stretch here for the draft. We've got a lot of content coming out with the combine coming out uh, two weeks from now. Two, three weeks? Yeah, I think I think two weeks. I think it starts uh, the 23rd, yeah, something I'm, like that. I'm excited. I'm going to have to stream it on my phone because I close, and then they moved it to prime time. So we'll have to... Yeah, that's have to unfortunate. Just, I'll have to just not work and watch the combine so I can get all the stuff down. But yeah, regardless, it's going to be a lot of fun. Then we have pro days, and we'll have a lot of mocks coming out because it's prime draft season. It's yeah. the main thing that we're pushing towards now we've been working on this for months and now we're finally hitting the home stretch so yeah we're gonna it's... have a lot of pro day content too um, oh for sure i've already talked to brandon uh we're gonna i'm kind of leading the charge as far as that that goes but we're gonna have a lot of pro day content up for you guys as well it's... so make sure you stay tuned it's it's gonna be a lot of fun we're really excited we've got a lot of stuff planned um so we're gonna get into the show here do you want to start with the scouts report or position spotlight let's start with position spotlight cool so Alex was in charge this week, and uh, last week I was in charge and did running backs, and Keyshawn Vaughn won the poll. And this week, Alex did linebackers, and who was the leading vote-getter this week? So the leading vote-getter this week was Marcus Bailey from Purdue. Um, 
After that was Khalid Hudson from Michigan, Evan Weaver from Cal, and then Jacob Phillips from LSU. Um, I'm really surprised Marcus Bailey won, but I'm very too. pleasantly surprised. I voted for Marcus Bailey. He's my favorite of the four. Um, I was really happy to see that he kind of pulled away at the very end there. Yeah, and it's, you know, this, for those of you guys that aren't familiar with the segment, it's to get kind of guys that are really bunched together in, like, the middle of their position rankings. Um, these guys are normally in, like, the 6 to really, like, 6 to 11 range is where I've seen most of them in the linebacking core, some higher, some lower, depending on who you look at and who you talk to. But mostly are in that range. Um, I think you said you had them all separated by, what was it, like, 11 spots? Yeah, I had all four of them separated by about, I think ten or eleven spots total. So so it's they're all really close, and that's kind of like the whole reason we're doing this. You know, we don't want to be a draft podcast that just talks about like you know Tua and Joe Burrow and all the top t- top tier guys. We want to give you the under the radar uh, guys because there are a lot of really talented players in this draft class, and Marcus Bailey definitely is one of them. Yeah, definitely. Marcus Bailey is one of my favorite linebackers in this class. I think um, someone who was getting like round two buzz before he tore his ACL. Um, obviously now, because he didn't get to play his senior year, um, you know, some other guys have surpassed him after having after putting a good 2019 on tape. But someone who I think is um, really good on either side as an outside linebacker, I think if you put him in a 4-3 and you have him as either your um, Will or your Sam, I think he can excel in either one of those positions. Um He's shown some ability to cover slot receivers, like in man-to-man. Um, obviously, that's in the Big Ten. That's not NFL. You know, I don't know if you want to put him up against NFL slot receivers and man right. coverage, but maybe against tight ends, you know? Um, really good instincts, really high football IQ type guy. Um, really, really like his just his mental game, mostly. Um, he's a little bit less of an athlete than some of the other guys in this class. Um, might be more of like a two-down linebacker type guy. You might have to take him off the field for sub-packages. You know, he might be your linebacker that comes off the field for your nickel package and for your dime package and things like that on third downs. But uh, someone who I really like, I think he's going to – I think he's a solid um, guy who could become a starter for you at either one of those outside linebacker positions in a 4-3. Yeah, I think he's going to be someone that whiteboards really well in interviews because he is such a high IQ player, and you can you can notice it on tape for sure. One thing that I'm interested to see, we talk about at linebacker how there's so many diverse athletes um, in coverage mm-hmm. and you know having insane range. That's not really Marcus Bailey's strength. Um, he's not a overwhelming athlete. He's not your Akeem Davis-Gaither, Isaiah Simmons-type athlete. Um, right. So he's going to be someone that I think might fall a little bit because the upside there is limited and he's coming off the injury. I think yeah, that definitely. his his talent is a round two, round three guy. I think he could end up going mid-day three because of those reasons. Yeah, I think so too. And, um, you know, honestly, he's someone where I look at him and you – you know, you're talking about like early, mid day three, like round four, round five. You know, if he's there and the Chargers haven't picked up a linebacker at that point, he's someone that I would really want to grab. Um, obviously, Chargers run a four three. Um, they run a lot of base nickel. You know, obviously there was the whole thing with uh, you know putting basically seven defensive backs in the field when they played sure. the Ravens in last year's playoffs. But 
someone who I think could fit into that rotation really well. I think the Chargers have a lot of really good rotational linebackers. Um, and I think that adding Marcus Bailey, you know, you might have to kind of redshirt him essentially because he is coming off that torn ACL. Right. But, you know, um, not a great athlete even when he was healthy before that. So you kind of have to see how his athleticism is going to stack up in an NFL environment once he comes back totally healthy. I think that his, I think his injury happened early enough that he should be healthy for training camp. I might be wrong on that, but I'm pretty, I think so. Um, so hopefully you'll be, You'll be able to see kind of what you have in him during training camp, kind of decide what role you want him to play. And like I said, someone who I think can play like that two-down linebacker type position, um, obviously that's a position that's kind of dying off as more teams kind of transition to playing base nickel. Right. Um, so like you said, could get driven down boards because he kind of plays a dying style of linebacker. But I, I personally still really like him. I really like... I really like his instincts. I really think he's someone that can um, make an impact on an NFL field. I think, yeah, I think he's just going to be um, a player that teams, I think they're going to want him because of his super high IQ. I just don't yeah. know how high they'll be willing to take him because of the limited athleticism, which is really my only concern with him. Um, because if he was a little bit better athlete, then you wouldn't see him be a two-down linebacker. You'd, he'd be able to be there on third down in some packages. But because he's not the best athlete, I think teams will probably prioritize those guys that are a little bit more scheme versatile than he is. Um, but I, th- I think he's a solid player. I mean, that shows how deep this draft is. We're talking about a guy who, like we talked about, going to be day three most likely. I think round f- late round three, early round four, I think is his ceiling. Um, is where yeah. he's going to get taken, but he's definitely a round so two too. talent. Yeah. Someone who has no questions about his athleticism is the guy that came in second in the poll. That's Kalik Hudson from oh, Michigan. Oh, sure. Um, kind of a kind of a tweener guy. You know, I think we some of the comments that we got in that thread on the poll on Twitter was that, you know, people want to see Kalik Hudson play strong safety. And I think that's a role in which he could excel too. Um, You know, I'm looking at a scouting report right now. I haven't written my report on him, so I'm just looking at an outside scouting report on him right now. And they're saying, like, you know, could be someone that kind of fits in that Derwin James role of, like, kind of playing linebacker, strong safety, nickel corner, you know, as a – essentially as an edge rusher also. You know, he's 5'11", 218, really, really, really good athlete, just super explosive, very long – good good snap anticipation you know as a rusher he's a really physical cover man um just someone who i think is just a really good athlete like we've talked about in this linebacker class before um maybe a little bit more on the safety side than some of the other guys we've talked about you know i think everyone is pretty confident in saying akeem davis gaither is a linebacker pretty confident in saying that isaiah simmons is going to play a linebacker but he's khalik hudson is someone who's kind of more in between than those guys that we've been calling tweeners. Like, Khalid Hudson's a true tweener. He, he um, really is. And I and think so, it's because his athleticism. Okay. Yeah, um, definitely. I want to see him be a little bit better in man because he can tend to be a little bit over-aggressive, um, sure. which will allow him to get beat. But I think he's also, he's just such a gifted athlete. Um, 5'11", 218, and he can play, like you mentioned, he can play as a box safety, he can play at linebacker, he can play it as a nickel. Um, 
he's the guy that I voted for in the poll. Um, whether us as hosts should be manipulating our own poll results, we don't really care. But I mean, we were only five percent of the total votes. It's yeah, fine. I did that quick math. I couldn't have figured that out. Um, but I, I, I really like him. He's going to be a guy that I think is going to, like, like you said, he's going to fit like that Derwin James mold. He's definitely not the talent Derwin James is. Um, or was coming out of college. But I think more teams are going to see how the Chargers use Derwin James and try to find their version of that. And I think Hudson would actually fit yeah, really well because Derwin James was been phenomenal when healthy. Um, he was my number one player going in, in that draft class. He was my number one guy. So um, yeah. still blows my mind he fell that far in the draft. So you guys got oh, lucky I was, there. I was ecstatic. But I think for Hudson um... – there are going to be a couple questions about, you know, where do I play this guy? You know, and this is something that we talked about with Isaiah Simmons a little bit, I think, on a previous episode. Um, with Isaiah Simmons, like, it does not matter because no. just put him on the football field. With Khalil Hudson, it might matter a little bit more just because I think yeah. his, his frame is a little bit different than Simmons, right? Um, he doesn't have a lot of bulk. Obviously, like, we saw him at the Senior Bowl, and he's fucking – he's yoked. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, he's, he's a huge-looking dude. But, you know, as a 5'11 guy, like 5'11, 218 is kind of small for a linebacker, but it's also kind of big for a secondary player. Yeah. You know, so it's like, are you going to ask him to put on more weight and really commit to playing a linebacker role, even though most linebackers are, you know, 6'1, 6'2? Um, or are you going to ask him to cut down on some of that weight, make him even more of an explosive athlete, and have him play strong safety? Um, and I think it really just depends on, like, where he ends up, like, where he gets drafted you know i think it depends on what situation he's going to be walking into in the nfl um he's not a you know i there are some questions about like how he's going to transition to linebacker obviously playing primarily safety at michigan um you know he's not really a he doesn't really have the experience as like a gap filling linebacker to kind of right. like stop, like be a run stopper in as a linebacker. He's kind of someone that you would bring in more of like, like pretty much the opposite of Marcus Bailey. Like you'd bring yes. him in on the sub package downs to be your coverage linebacker slash nickel corner type guy where like you could play him in either role. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see like what an NFL team does with him. Um, I think that he's another guy that we will probably see go on day three, probably yeah. early day three. You know, he might sneak into day two if a team really falls in love with the versatility. Um, but another guy who I'm really excited to watch at the combine, I think he's going to have some insane numbers that he puts up, and I can't can't wait for that. Yeah, I think that the, like we've talked about this in length, especially the last two episodes. The linebackers, a lot of them are going to have really good testing numbers. And I think for Hudson, it's going to be important because, again, everyone's going to be booked as this athletic, versatile linebacker. The combine numbers are going to mean a lot more for the linebackers because teams are going to look at who tested better to kind of figure out which kind of direction they want to go. And I think Hudson, if he tests really well, it can maybe separate the gap a little bit and push him into the round three range. Yeah, definitely. Um, switching back to someone that's not really much of an athlete, but is uh, mentally very, very good. That's Evan Weaver from Cal. Um, I know Brandon is going to be upset that Evan Weaver wasn't last. I know Brandon <laughs> is very low on Evan Weaver. Um, but I mean, I like 
I like him. I think that he's, you know, kind of the same as Marcus Bailey. He's more of a mental player than a athlete. Um, he's, I think he's very, he's, he's a guy who's really strong and can, like, can kind of be one of those linebacker, like a downhill attacking linebacker. Um, because his football IQ is so high that like he knows where the play is going, and so he can attack downhill right at the snap. Um, but he's not a, a explosive, right? Like if it, right? If he doesn't, if he's not getting to the point of attack, like if he's not already moving by the time the snap happens, he's probably not going to get there just because he's not explosive enough to get there. Um, in the Pac-12 at Cal, you know that wasn't really much of an issue a lot of the times, just because like his football IQ was high enough that he could be in the right spot before like, you know, some of these other athletes on the other side got to him. But I think in the NFL, it might be become an issue for him. Um, you know, someone who, if, if you get the block to him rather than him coming to you, he kind of struggles to get off those blocks. Um, for sure. I think he prefers to play a little bit, a little bit off and like, um, just kind of attack, like pick and choose his spots to attack. Kind of reminds me of like Ben Burkirvan from Washington, kind of like the same type of player. Um, not a pro comp. Uh, <laughs> Heard it here first. But yeah, <laughs> not a pro comp, but kind of like same stylistic type player. You know, Pac-12 linebacker, not a great athlete, but makes a lot of tackles, is kind of just in the right place at the right time. Um, yeah, I think – Kind of like Bailey, I think he's going to end up being more of like a two-down linebacker in the NFL because I don't think that he has the athleticism to stick with tight like modern-day tight ends for, and for, slot for receivers sure. in coverage on third downs. So, again, might be like the guy you take off the field in sub-packages, which is going to damper his value a little bit also. Um, I think you're probably looking at like round four, round five for him as well. Um, but I think that's kind of the range where you're looking at all these guys right now. Yeah, and I think the one thing that Weaver's got going for him is he's probably the best, if not one of the best, tackler linebackers in this draft class, especially when he's lined up in the box. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, and we, we saw this in, in Mobile when... Uh, right, he, he was in Mobile, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, so he wasn't... What they do, what the coaching staff and Mobile do for those guys that haven't been at the Senior Bowl, they kind of try to play guys a little bit of everywhere, um, yeah, to kind of see what they're good at, have them learn some things. Weaver almost was never in coverage, and when he was, it was bad. Um, yeah, so it didn't but, look very good. But he had he's just was in the run game, and just making open field tackles. He was one of the better players in doing so. But you're right, he is super limited athletically, and he doesn't have a great explosive first step. Um, he kind of, uh, I think he's going to be suited playing co- uh, covered up in an even front defense. Yeah. As opposed definitely. to, you know, being used in the sub packages like you talked about. So I think his schematic versatility is kind of limited i don't think you can play him all over the place but at the very least i think he can be a solid special teamer if you if like at the the very least if you're drafting him in round five um you use him as a situational first or second down linebacker and then you use him on special teams i think he'd excel there but if you're drafting a guy in round four round five you don't want him to be just strictly a special teamer so um i think kind of three down linebacker it's first second and fourth down right 
and <laughs> I just realized I just put that together. That was good. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, teams are going to like his surefire, surefire willingness to tackle. Um, I've watched yeah. a little bit of his film, and he never missed a tackle. Um, and But we kind of touched on this. He's going to be someone that I think – isn't going to overly test well at the combine. So I think other guys are going to push themselves ahead of him because we look at this linebacker class, there's a lot better guys that will be more scheme versatile and more athletic that can be a lot better in coverage. So I think he's someone that was able to excel in college because he was smarter and more physical than a lot of the players he was playing against. In the NFL, everyone's smart, everyone's physical, so it's going to be kind of interesting to see what kind of role he can carve out for himself. Yeah, definitely. Um, another guy who's probably going to have to contribute on special teams um, at the beginning of his NFL career, if not his entire NFL career, is Jacob Phillips from LSU. Um, this poll was a lot closer than last poll was. It was. Um, which I was really happy with. Um, kind of reflects how close together these guys that we picked were. Phillips is a guy to me who, again, is like a really stout tackler, um, but he's kind of a limited athlete, and he's also not really like fully mentally developed. So he's kind of like the lower end of these guys. Yeah. Um, someone who, you know, has really good straight line speed, and he's a really good tackler, and that's going to serve him really well on special teams, like on a kick coverage unit, where he can just run in a straight line and then tackle someone. Um, but not really great change of direction skills. You know, not really, um, not really a great football IQ guy. Not really like anyone that you're gonna be expecting to anticipate a play direction. Um, and so, for that reason, he's gonna kind of. I think he's gonna end up as more of like a developmental linebacker, where you have him play special teams and just kind of hope that he can, you know, pick some things up from like maybe some veteran leaders or something while he's playing special teams, and then you know, end up as your starter down the line. Um, yeah, I think when you look at him, he there's a there's a lot of bigger question marks with Phillips because what at least from the majority of teams, and I know I look at this with my linebacker, I want them to be able to read the offense, be scheme versatile, and be able to make sure fire tackles. Phillips can only really offer one of those three, and that's being a good tackler. Um, right, he's doesn't anticipate the gaps well and he has trouble transitioning and he's kind of he's very slow and he kind of he kind of has like a little bit of Kenneth Murray to him too he kind of like lacks confidence when he does see something he's yeah definitely he questions himself and that allows him to get beat um he he is not very good in coverage he doesn't exactly know or have a feel for where the routes are going to go um he'll be out of position a lot doesn't have great uh, ability to kind of change direction um He's super tight in the hip area. I think he's going to be someone that will be, like you kind of mentioned, a guy that you bring into the locker room, you have him learn from veteran linebackers, um, and get, put him with a good coaching staff that will kind of allow him to expand his ability to cover. But he's not a great athlete, and you can't really teach athleticism. So right. it's I think a special teamer is where he's going to end up carving out the most of his playing time, at least early on in his career because he's not someone that you can really use in a couple different directions. He's going to be someone that is a stout tackler you're going to want to put in there on 
you know, first down. But even then, I'm not sure I'm confident doing that because he has trouble reading the offense. So it's it's right. going to be interesting to see how teams can develop his mental side as well as hopefully fix his poor coverage technique. Yeah, I think he's if you had to pick one of the guys from that LSU defense whose flaws kind of got covered up by playing with all of these other high caliber players, I think it's, it's probably Phillips. Um, I think he should have gone know, back to school. Yeah, I think is he a he is a junior. He was a junior. Right? Yeah, yep. I think he probably should have gone back as well, kind of proven that he could be like a leader for that team he, he going into been. next year, and yeah, and kind of prove that he is his own player. Really, um, I think there's going to be a lot of questions, especially you know having played for that very good LSU defense. That's going to have probably four, five, six guys taken in the first two days just from the defense. Um, I think he's someone who probably is going to benefit, probably benefited a lot from playing in that system, and his draft stock might also benefit from him. I was going to say, I think system. he might rise boards uh, a little bit because yeah. he was on the LSU team. Yeah. So, you know, interesting player, and I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if a team takes him like early day three ish to kind of just see what they have. But I think he's going to have to be a special teams contributor in order to stick long term in the NFL. For sure, for sure. Uh, definitely an interesting poll. I haven't decided what position I'm going to do for next week. Um, so I already told him it's long snapper. I'm not doing long snappers. <laughs> um, Fine, we'll do kicker. <laughs> Rodrigo Blankenship. Tyler um, Bass. And Tyler Bass. That's Those it. are the two, two options. Um, but go ahead and tweet at us. Let us know what positions you guys want to do. I kind of don't want to do quarterback because I feel like quarterback kind of like boring to do. Um, I feel like people are going to want us to do wide receiver, but... The thing about picking wide receivers, like we could probably do wide receiver like four times. We we really could and because, pick four different players each time. Yeah, because they're all so close together. It really it, they really are close so, outside the top three, like four and like yeah. four to like fourteen or super close. Yeah. So so let's get every other position out of the way, and then we can talk about wide receivers like if we have time at the end. <laughs> For sure, I'm thinking I might do interior defensive lineman, but I'm not sure. Let us let us know what you guys want us to do at WN Draft Pod. Go ahead and tweet us what position you guys want us to do. Four position spotlight next week. Um, we now have a scouts report. It's the one segment Yay. we do bring back every single week. We each pick a prospect, kind of give our thoughts on him, so. ceiling, floor, give kind of uh, you know an overview of the player. Kind of want to give you guys some names that you guys might not have heard of before, or aren't getting talked about as much as some other players at their position. And one of those guys had a pretty good uh, senior bowl week when we were there in Mobile. And uh, Alex, that's your pick in Chase Claypool. Yeah, Chase Claypool is a guy who's very, very interesting. Uh, 6'4", 230, moves kind of like he's a tight end. I know some people have talked about, you know, there is, a, there is a small debate. I've seen this a little bit. You know, I don't know how many people are really uh, part of it, but I have seen it where there's kind of a debate about whether or not you're going to play him as a wide receiver or a tight end. Um, personally, I think he could contribute as a wide receiver. I think if you turn him into a tight end, you're basically turning him into Jimmy Graham, essentially. Yeah, where, like, that's fair. You're just having him catch the ball and not really do anything else anyway. Um, very, very big body receiver. Like, Huge. prototypical X receiver. Um, he's someone who's basically just going to box out people in the air and bring down contested catches. Um, not a super productive player in college, but he was also playing at Notre Dame. Notre Dame tends to produce a lot of really good wide receivers. You know, you had Miles Boykin last year. You have him and you have Chris Fink both going to the Combine later this month. Um, and also, uh, 
I don't think Ian Book's a good quarterback. So there's that's that. fair. They also had uh, Komet <laughs> too. So yeah, and they also had Cole Komet, right? Um, he's really intriguing to me because he's one of the few big wide receivers that ran a diverse route tree in college, right? Where like you saw this with DK Metcalf last year, where the big guys tend to just run go routes, posts, comebacks. That's it. Pretty much. Right. But Claypool ran every type of route. Like he ran he he was burning people on crossing routes. He was getting off releases on slants. He even took a couple screens at Notre Dame. Like he's a really he's just a guy that you can throw the football to wherever and he will make a play for you. Um, even though he's not necessarily like a really like smooth fluid athlete i mean he is given his size but just for the position right um and i think that's why some people are kind of like oh i'd rather move him to tight end especially because this tight end class is seen as kind of weak which we can talk about a different time i don't agree with that necessarily i'm not gonna agree with Um, it either yeah so he's a little bit he's someone where i think people are people have questions about how well he's going to be able to separate in the nfl um, because like I said, he's not really an explosive player just because he's so big. Um, and like, he's not, he's not ever going to burn you with speed down the field. Like, it's, no, if he ever, if he ever like beats you, beats you, it's because you got burned on his route running probably because you don't know what he's about. And you lined up thinking he's going to run a go and then he hits you with a inside cross and you're like, Oh, what is this? Um, Oh yeah. Right. So yeah, so I I like him. I don't know exactly how high he'll go. I think it depends on how the wide receiver board turns out, like, ahead of him. You know, where, like, there's, you know, we've talked about this a little bit, but, like, top guys like Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, Henry Ruggs might get driven down the board just a little bit because everyone knows this wide receiver class is so deep right. that maybe you don't have to take a guy right away. But at some point, someone's going to take the first one, and then all of a sudden, like the floodgates run. are going to open, and everyone's oh, yeah. like, "Shit, we got to get our guy now! Like, we got to go, we got to go, we got to like, we got to get this guy, this guy, this guy." And then all of a sudden, you might have like twelve receivers off the board by the end of day two. Oh, for um, sure. You know, if and that's probably an underestimate, honestly. I think so too. Um, Claypool's someone who I think is probably going to slip till day three. I think probably like round four, round five, maybe round six if yeah. the wide receiver position ends up uh, kind of slipping down the board just because everyone is so good. Um, I, you know, I I think I'd rather have a big body guy like Colin Johnson or Michael Pittman over him, but not mm-hmm. by a lot. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, what you say about the receivers are interesting because I think at least for me when I've been doing mocks and rankings and all these things I've kind of had the receiver run kind of start with Philly at 21 and then yeah, you, you know one. Philly Buffalo New Orleans um New England in some uh cases and then early round two you know the Bengals getting one for Burrow and the Colts and uh, Miami mm-hmm. getting one so it the the run I think is going to be late one early two and then just kind of stretch itself out for the rest of day two um and i don't think claypool is going to go day two um but i think this receiving class really does lack a lot of big body guys um you know you've got t higgins colin johnson michael pittman chase claypool i feel like i'm missing some names in that kind of category but a lot of them are more smooth route runners 
Isaiah Hodgins. Yeah, Hodgins. Um, Claypool, for being how big he is, and being a as smooth of a route runner he is, and you know already running so many different routes as you touched on in college, I think he's going to be someone that competitive in playoff NFL teams that are looking for a receiver are going to want to target. Um, yeah, definitely. I couldn't. I, th- I mean, New England I think seems like a logical spot. Um, but yep. then again, I say that about pretty much any player because that's just what New England does. Um, yep. I think that, if a player is good, New England New England New England finds a way to get him in round seven and just yep. Hall of Famer. But I think him testing at the combine is going to be interesting because, like we kind of touched on, um, he's not the fastest guy and he doesn't exactly have great explosiveness. So I think the forty time is going to be interesting for him if he, excuse me, if he does run it which I would assume he would unless he gets injured. Um, right. But he was someone, a lot of the receivers in Mobile really had good weeks. He's probably the one that I took the most away from because I wasn't expecting a whole lot from him because I was of the minority thinking, oh, he's a 6'4", 230-pound receiver. That's just put him to tight end. And he proved he can play the receiver position at, at Mobile against um, competition there. And then he also, again, the production wasn't there at Notre Dame, but Notre Dame's produced a lot of good receivers over the past couple years. So I think he's going to be kind of like a round five, round six guy, depending on how teams view him. Um, But, you know, again, because this receiver class does lack a lot of the big body guys, at least towards the top, maybe he does get pushed up the board a little bit. It'll be uh, interesting to kind of see where he goes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't have a smooth transition for this one, but I do want to warn all of our listeners at this point in time <laughs> that Josh is going to uh, talk about a safety. Again. Um, if, you, if you've listened to the podcast before, you know Josh is in love with every safety in this draft, especially one whose name we will not mention. I will fear get of fired. fired. Yeah. <laughs> um, go back and listen to previous episodes if you're really curious. But... Who, which safety did you pick today, Josh? I, I went with Kayvon Wallace out of Clemson. Um, he's someone that I mentioned. I think when we did the first scouts report I wanted to kind of talk about, um, he's just someone where the safety class is really starting to get interesting because now we've got the debate at number one with McKinney and Delpit, and we've got that aforementioned guy that I'm not supposed to talk about um, now pushing himself into the top four or five of the position. Wallace is someone that's kind of in the middle of the position, someone that, you know, you look at rankings from across the board. He's kind of in like the 7 to 14 range. He really varies depending on uh, who you talk to and what you look at. He's 5'11", 199, so he's a smaller, compact, muscular guy, um, and he's super intelligent. Um, He was able to do a lot of different things at Clemson. Um, You know, he was very good in man. But it's not his best trait. He was kind of someone that was more roaming around the middle of the field. You give him space, whether it's in the middle or on the back end, and um, he'll make plays. He's really aggressive when he's trying to pursue the ball, which can be a good thing because he can make really good plays. It can also be a bad thing because he's super over-aggressive. He can get beat easily. Um, I don't know where he'll exactly fit on a defense because I don't see him as a guy that can play like a single high safety but I also don't think he'll be a good strong safety either it's going to be interesting to see where teams play him um, because he's also not great in run support Um, he's a little bit hesitant when coming downhill Um, 
so people can kind of, especially running backs, can kind of see if he's coming downhill and delay the contact point and get out in open space if he is in the run support. But I think that he's someone that I just, for whatever, I mean, I'm a Clemson guy. I really like Clemson. I think a lot of their players that uh, come out end up turning out to be pretty good players. So I think that his high IQ and being at Clemson, coaching staff raves about him. If you, you know, listen to interviews, they really do like Wallace. And I think his impact on the defense kind of got overshadowed because Isaiah Simmons is a top three player in this draft class. Um, But I think if you can find ways to get him in space on the defense, it's going to be his best bet at succeeding. Yeah, definitely. Um, You kind of touched on it. I... So I have Kayvon Wallace as my ninth best safety. Um, And the reason that I do is I feel like he's very scheme limited. Um, I think I see him as kind of like a cover two free safety. That's fair. Um, Where like he's going to be responsible for just like one half of the field, play deep, not really get asked to do much in the run support, just kind of be a coverage man. I think you could move him down and like play him in that kind of safety nickel hybrid role that we've seen some of these guys step into. Um, I don't know if that's the best spot for him though. You know, like he does, he is good in man-to-man coverage and he does have experience as a nickel corner, but I don't think man-to-man coverage is really like one of his best traits. No. Um, I much prefer him as just like a guy that kind of, kind of, that can kind of roam in just like that deep half of the field, make plays on the ball you know, used to be a two-way player, so he's got really good ball skills. Um, so, yeah, someone who I like is just like a cover two safety. Um, but obviously that scheme fit is going to limit him to teams that run a lot of cover two. Um, I think a team like Jacksonville is a team that could do it. Um, I think so. I think they run a, a lot fit. of cover two, a lot of cover three. Um, they need a free safety. Bad. Um, yeah, pretty bad. If they don't. If they decide they don't want to invest in one high in this draft, I think you could probably see Kayvon Wallace go in like maybe like the third round, maybe the fourth, depending on how, you know, depending on how NFL teams see the safety class and depending on how things break down in front of them. Um, but yeah, I still have to, I have to go back and watch, you know, it's, it's hard to watch some of these other Clemson secondary, you, secondary players. Oh, because I, I'm aware. <laughs> Because you you go and you turn on the film and, and it's the, and like they put the circle around Kayvon Wallace or AJ Terrell or whoever it is, but it's like you're watching Isaiah Simmons. You're, you you're just in <laughs> awe of how special you're, Isaiah Simmons. You're watching is. Isaiah Simmons. I so, know I have done. This it's a very difficult times. eval. You kind of like have to put little pieces of paper up above, <laughs> like to hide it's, Isaiah it's, Simmons exactly. on your screen. Um, so I still have to go back and do that because I keep getting distracted every time I go to watch him, but. Someone who I, you know, I I said he's not very scheme versatile. That doesn't mean I don't like him. I do like him. You know, I think he's going to be a quality player. I just, he's not going to be like your do-it-all versatile safety no. in the NFL, even though that's kind of the role that he played at Clemson. You know, they kind of had those three safeties that they would rotate yeah, responsibilities sure. and kind of have them do everything. But I think he's probably the least versatile of the of those. And just it's... because I think Tanner Muse can... Uh, come down and play linebacker also yeah and I think with Wallace I think what's going to make teams attracted to him is because the coaching staff talks so much positive about him because he he was super smart um you know on on field and off field you listen to him talk he knows what he's talking about um but kind of like you said 
where you're going to play him is kind of limited. Um, he needs in he needs to be in space kind of by himself in order to make plays. But right. is that really not a lot of teams want to do that with their safeties. So it's kind of like, okay, well, now who's going to be guys that target him? I think Jacksonville was actually like the perfect landing spot um, because they need a safety. They run a lot of cover two and cover three, like you mentioned. And I think that that defense has shown that they can develop players. Um, you look at all the draft picks that they've had in the early rounds that they've taken that have turned out pretty good for the defense. Um, I think he's going to be someone that maybe you can get him to become a little bit more scheme versatile. I'm not sure if because of his skill set you can do that with him. But I think if a coaching staff gets their hands on him and uses him the way that he is meant to be used, I think he can be a successful rotational safety piece. Yeah, definitely. Um, moving into the final segment of the episode. Brandon. Hopefully we do not get fired. <laughs> I might get fired for talking um, about a safety. Brandon will probably turn it off after we <clears throat> talked about another safety. And just be like, yeah, That's true. He might just skip ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're doing a seven-round mock for Brandon Olson's favorite team, the New York Giants. Um, they have pick number four, and then... They have a second rounder, no third rounder because they traded it for Leonard Williams, but then a fourth, fifth, sixth, and then two sevenths because they got an extra seventh from the Eli Apple trade. So, yeah, let's get into it. For sure. Dave Gettleman is the GM for the Giants still. Um, Techn- yes. So, as unfortunate as that may be. So, they're going to go with an offensive tackle in the first round. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. As much as we wanted to put Isaiah Simmons here, I know he was someone that we were going back and forth. Um, on like, you know, should we do an Isaiah Simmons mock? But we're trying to predict what, based on what the team's history of drafting is, what their needs are, and the players available, we wanted to give kind of like the most realistic and best scenario. Dave Gettleman loves his trench players. Whether his, yep. whether his logic for it is sound or not, um, you know, those computer guys seem to not know what they're talking about. So, um, Jedrick Wills, though, at pick four, I think is a perfect fit for the Giants. As much as, like I said, I would have loved to yep. go with Isaiah Simmons here. Jedrick Wills is a guy that you can play at left or right tackle. It doesn't really matter um, because he protected to his blind side, so he was the right tackle. But he's got the ability to move to be left tackle. Um, he's kind of risen as, like, the consensus offensive tackle one um, late in the year after it was Andrew Thomas for the majority of the regular season. Um, Dave Gettleman likes the offensive linemen. He gets the best offensive linemen in the draft. I don't think there's too much that we need to go over with this pick because I think it's the consensus around the draft communities here, Isaiah Simmons or Jedrick Wills at pick four. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the Giants need to tackle. The Nate Soldier experiment has not worked out for them. Shocker. Um, yeah, that's a... Uh... You know, that's a rough one for him. Um, like you said, I like Jedrick Wills at left tackle or at right tackle to replace Mike Remmers, too, uh, depending on what the Giants want to do there. Um, I think if you play him at right tackle, he's definitely powerful enough that you can run Saquon Barkley behind him, you know, 20, 25 yep. times a game if that's what they want to do. I think they if you want to put him at left tackle to avoid the, like we talked about last episode, um, well, not last episode, I guess, but two episodes ago with the Redskins, um, they look like they're gearing up to attempt murder on Daniel Jones. And the best oh way to God. prevent this from happening is to Protect draft a franchise man. left tackle to protect him. 
Um, Jedrick Wills versus Chase Young twice a year. I'm in. I think let's that'd be a, do it. That'd be a lot of fun. I let's do it. I'm in. For sure. So we're not done with offensive linemen. Nope. <laughs> um, round two, uh, pick thirty-six. There was a couple different options we could have gone with. The Giants need an edge. There wasn't really an edge guy that we liked available. They need a linebacker. All the linebackers were pretty much gone. Um, so we went with another offensive lineman, and that is Lloyd Cushenberry, um, the interior offensive lineman from LSU. Yeah, um, I personally, I like this pick. I think I, that- I love it. You know, I think the guards are probably pretty set for the Giants. You know, Will Hernandez has worked out, I think, as a second-round draft pick. Still someone that I really like. Um, obviously, they paid Kevin Ze- They got Kevin Zeitler in a trade, actually, from yes. the Browns. But the, the Browns paid trade. him a lot of money. So the Giants are now paying him a lot of money. <laughs> pretty instead. much how that works. <laughs> so I think those spots are pretty locked down. I think center is, some, is a place where you could look for the Giants to upgrade, though. Um, Right now, ESPN has the starter listed as John Jalapio. Um, not exactly a huge name. Obviously, no offensive linemen really are, but not exactly a huge name even among offensive linemen. Um, I think Lloyd Cushenberry is a guy who I would love to see next to Will Hernandez, Kevin Zietler, Jedrick Wills. That offensive line, I would really like that offensive line, honestly. That is um, a really good offensive line. That was, yeah. I uh, as a Vikings fan, I wanted them to go uh, Will Hernandez. Um they didn't, yep. and I'm upset yep. about it. Um, but he's been a really yeah. good player for the Giants. He's, he's going to be in his third year? Yes. Third yeah, year, so he, he had a really good rookie year. Um, his second year, he was still solid. I think he took a little bit of a step back in pass pro yeah, this past year. Down, but sure. I think that you continue to develop him. He's going to be one of the better guards in the league for sure. Definitely. And with Kushenberg, you know, he's a smaller player at center, you know, a little bit. I think he's only 6'1", but he's like 315. Um, but it has very long arms for center. I think he has like close to 34-inch arms. I was literally just watching Brett Coleman's Senior Bowl video that came out a couple days ago where he named his 10 winners, and Cushenberry was one of them. He had um, a great Senior Bowl week. He had a really good week. He was stopping Javon Kinlaw pretty consistently even. For, for um, sure. You know, really long arms, really, really, really powerful base. Just a guy who's not going to get beat a lot. Um, I don't think, even in the NFL. Um, and I think, like I said, I, I would love that offensive line if they made those two moves. Yeah, as a guy who doesn't like watching offensive line film, I just think it's kind of boring um, and kind of repetitive. Watching Lloyd Cush at the Senior Bowl was probably one of, if not the most fun drills to watch. He and yeah. Javon Kinlaw were a lot of fun to watch battle each other. And Cushenberry came out on top the majority, if not all of the time. Yeah, definitely. Um, Moving now to the fourth round. Like I said, the Giants don't have a third round pick. We decided to finally address a need on the defense. Um, We went edge rusher here and we took Anthony Jennings out of Alabama. Um, This is another pick that I like. You know, the Giants run a uh, 3-4, rather, sorry. Um, So I think this is a pick where the scheme fit is there. Obviously, Anthony Jennings is more of a 3-4 pass rushing end. You know, um, right now the Giants have Marcus Golden, Lorenzo Carter, and O'Shane Zimenez on the outside, it looks like. Um, I like O'Shane Zimenez. I liked him coming out of college. Lorenzo Carter, I think, is a little bit on the older side, and Marcus Golden is kind of a 
fringe starter type player to me. He's coming off so, a pretty solid year this year, Golden is, but I think he's a free agent. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he might be. That sounds I, right to me. I could be wrong. But... Uh, Brandon, correct us if we're wrong. Um, I, I'm looking it up. But yeah, yeah, he Jennings is, he's, is... A, he's a free agent. Oh, good. Nice. Um, but yeah, Jennings is someone that I, I really like. Um, you know, I think if anyone had a bad Senior Bowl week, which no one does, uh, going to the Senior Bowl raises your stock automatically. But Jennings had, you know, a little bit more of an up and down week, I think. For, for um, sure. Got beat a couple times, you know, uh, by the offensive tackles that were there. But overall, as someone who's a solid player, you know, I I like his potential. I think that he's someone, he's dealt with a lot of injuries during his time at Alabama. Um, someone who, you know, there's going to be questions about whether or not he can stay healthy. But I think if he can, he could develop into a really nice player here for the Giants. Well, I think Jennings, more so than a lot of the edge rushers and linebackers in this class, He's going to be very scheme fit dependent because we yeah, saw in definitely. Mobile he was in the linebacker group, so he was obviously asked to drop back in coverage a little bit, and it was not good. Um, no, it it was no, not it was good. Not. So he's going to be a three-four edge rusher, and you know I think he's just going to be a solid, well-rounded player um, if he's used in the right system. And like I said, it addresses a need here for the Giants who haven't really had like a dominant pass rush figure since i mean olivier vernon was up and down for him he was pretty solid but the last like dynamic pass rusher i remember them having was jason pierre paul and justin tuck so yeah definitely i'm not saying jennings can be you know that but just getting pieces over there i think it will will help the defense out a lot for sure another piece that would help out the defense uh here in the fifth round is another guy that was at the senior bowl so the Love first four player. picks we've made are all senior bowl guys and there's more coming Oh, um, a lot more. I guess not the first four. Wills didn't go to the Senior Bowl. But no. Cushenberry and Jennings were both there. So was this guy. So were the other three picks that we made, actually. <laughs> um, but here in the fifth round, we decided to uh, take a corner, and that's Troy Pride Jr. from Notre Dame. Um, someone who had a really, really good Senior Bowl week. He looked um, good. I didn't really know a lot about him coming into that week, and I came away very impressed. He's someone that's very high on my watch list. Um, that I'm still working through. Uh, obviously, if you listen to the Redskins episode, you know that we've had some scheduling conflicts. There's been a lot of life stuff happening for both of us recently, so Sorry. I haven't been able to get into a ton of it. But Troy Pride is someone. Excuse me, Troy Pride is someone who I really like. I really um, think that in the right environment, kind of like Jennings, yeah, in the right environment, I think he could develop into a really nice player. You know, the Giants have DeAndre Baker, who was um, not good. <laughs> it is rookie year, but I think still has the potential to, uh, you know, become an NFL caliber player. They have Corey Ballantyne, who they took in the sixth round last year, obviously um, was working back from getting shot. So, poor dude. you know, that's always going to put a little bit of a damper on your rookie year. And then they bit. have, you know, some other depth pieces. You know, they have Sam Beal that they took in the supplemental draft a couple years ago. Julian Love, if they decide to move him back to corner, but it looks like they're pretty happy with him at free safety. Um, so I think adding a third corner here is uh, something that I wouldn't be against if I were a Giants fan. No. Um, not. And Pride not. is one of the better ones that I think you could add. Well, especially this late. I'm not sure he would be here in round five. Um, I don't think he will be. But he, he was one of the more fluid corners 
in Mobile and then watching his film, you see the same thing. I came away impressed with both him and Elliot at the Senior Bowl. They both had really good, fluid yeah, weeks. Jalen Elliott. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he is one of the more smooth corners um, that I've watched. He's a good athlete. He's got good hips, good feet movement. Um, he could play both zone and man fairly well. Um, and he also, something that I think is crucial, is when the ball's in the air, he doesn't panic to try to make a play right away. He yeah. is able to process it very well and has really good ball skills. Um, he's not a physical guy. Um, he's kind of more of your corner, just coverage corner. He's not going to be someone that's going to be super physical in the run game, not going to be someone that's going to jam you at the line of scrimmage. Um but I think he's just a good, well-rounded player, and I think he could be your number two corner uh, with Baker. And I think if they both progress the way that we think they should be able to, that would be a nice young duo at uh, corner for them. Yeah, definitely. Um, moving now to the sixth round, we're going to stay on defense, and we're going to stay in the Senior Bowl. Um, Love this player. With all with all the guys they, they're taking from the Senior Bowl, you'd think that the Giants were one of the coaching staffs there. <laughs> right. Um this is a guy who we were turned on to at the Senior Bowl, like in the middle of the week. Um, and that's Francis Bernard from Utah. Someone who, if you've listened to the Whole Nine Sports podcast, if you've listened to previous episodes of this podcast, you know that we love Francis Bernard here at Whole Nine Sports. Love uh, Someone Francis who, Bernard. on film, during the Senior Bowl practices, you can see just how high his football IQ is. It's kind of hard to charts. catch when you're watching him in real time. But when you go back and you look at the film, you know, pre-snap of those plays, I mean, we're looking at day two of senior bowl practice, and Francis Bernard is moving guys into position. He's moving Evan Weaver into position. He's moving Neville Gallimore into position on the defensive line. He's moving everyone into the spot where the play is going. He knows exactly where the play is going. And he was doing that in that defensive system for a day and a half. So imagine what he can do if you put him in a defensive system for a whole season. Um I do think that he actually might be available here, though, because... I think so, too. He's not someone who necessarily is making the play himself, and so that kind of puts a damper on his value. You know, he's not an overly productive player, but he's someone where you, you bring him in, and I think he's going to be someone who, if he is available this late, I think he might end up on someone's practice squad and just be kind of that quarterback of the defense from the practice squad and be able to play the role of, like, very good linebackers in the league, you know, like if the team is playing Bobby Wagner that week or the team is playing someone of that caliber that week, Francis Bernard can kind of step in, be that quarterback of the defense that's moving everyone around, making sure everyone's in their correct spot, someone who's just going to make his teammates look better. And, for sure. I mean, for a Giants team that's kind of lacking talent in the linebacking core, um, making your teammates look better, you can do worse than that. Well, and I think... He's going to fall down boards because if you watch him on film, he's not the fastest guy. He's not the strongest guy. He's not the best tackler. He's he. There's a lot of question marks as far as on-film production. But I think I would t – I mean, I know for sure I would invest a draft pick in him if that means I can just get his brain on my defense because just yeah, the way definitely. he sees the field is one of the most impressive things I've ever watched on film. Like you mentioned, um, going back and rewatching some Senior Bowl tape. Shout out to uh, Jim Nagy for having that up on the Senior Bowl website. Watching yeah. him move guys around after being in the defense for a day, 
is incredible. Um, you know, there are some oh, yeah. linebackers that have been in the same system for four, five, six years that can't even do what Bernard was doing, especially at the collegiate level, um, transitioning yeah. to the and NFL, coming in as a rookie. Um, yeah, he's gonna and be, I mean, by all yeah. accounts, he's he was doing the same thing at Utah. The whole oh, season. for sure. And, you know, I think he's someone on the Utah defense that kind of doesn't get talked about because you had Jalen Johnson and Terrell Burgess and uh, Lakey Fotu. He's kind of someone that doesn't get talked about a lot because that Utah defense had a lot of good NFL players on it. Right. Um, Bradley and I is another one. Um, but I think he's just going to be a guy that you want manipulating your defense from a personnel and schematic um, area. You just want him being – you put him in the middle of the field once he's, you know, fully caught on to the NFL speed and you kind of have him – be the quarterback of the defense, as we use that term a lot, moving guys around and just seeing and reading the quarterback, which is something that I know you and I both value with our linebackers, which is why we're so high on Oh, him. yeah. Yes. Um, another guy that we're high on, I don't think he's going to be there at no this way. pick, but the uh, the simulator gifted us him. Um, that is James Prochet, the wide receiver from SMU. Um, I think... Like I said, I don't think Prochet is going to make it this long, no but I love this fit with the Giants. Uh, Golden Tate's getting a little bit older, you know, body's starting to break down. Might be a cap casualty even this offseason for the Giants. Um, I don't know the exact numbers on that. Um, but I think the Giants could afford to add a slot receiver, and Prochet's a really, really good slot receiver. Um, and then all of a sudden you're looking at a wide receiver core of Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, and Prochet. I'm pretty happy with that. You know, obviously there's not an Odell Beckham level talent there, but I think that's a pretty solid core of three guys. Um, someone who also has value in the kick return game. I know we we saw him take a lot of return reps during Senior Bowl week. Um, really, really, really fluid, really good athlete. Uh, someone who I just want to get him the ball in space and let him work. Um, like I said, I really like this fit. Yeah, so I looked up the Tate numbers while you were talking there, and – he has a potential out after this year. Um, we'll only have okay. um, five mil in dead cap, but his cap hit for this year is ten and a half um, mil, and his cap hit, if they were to cut him, would be seven and a half mil in dead cap. So it'll be interesting okay. to see what they do with him. But he does have an out um, after this coming year. So um, when you and I were discussing this pick, we I brought up the point of why don't they get a big body receiver and move Sterling Shepard into the into the slot because he. We, we both think right. Shepard would excel in the slot. And the point you brought up was interesting, and I completely agreed with it. You're not going to draft a receiver this late to push your best receiver inside. Um, yeah, exactly. So why not keep Shepard on the outside to stretch the field and get yourself a dynamic slot receiver in the middle? Um, if you want to hear more in depth about Prosha, I believe you picked him as one of your scouts reports. Um the first episode i want to say didn't you yeah i think we either did that or i know we talked about him a lot when we did the senior bowl recap episode he was one of our bigger biggest risers yeah so he's um, so go he, back to that episode he's someone that uh we both have fallen in love with i would be absolutely shocked if he's available in round seven i would i would honestly be shocked if he's available on day three so um yeah, me too he's great fit here but uh Likely not happening unless it's going to be with one of their earlier uh, draft picks. Yeah. Another guy who uh, we love and who is not going to be available in round seven, maybe not even on day three, um, and a pick that is largely 
just a uh, final plea to not get fired. Pretty much. <laughs> With the last pick in this mock, we took Darius Anderson, the running back out of TCU, a.k.a. Brandon Olson's favorite player in the entire He's the leader of the Darius Anderson hype yeah. train. Uh, Darius Anderson is the official player of whole nine sports. If you're not aware, um, again, I don't think he's going to be there in the seventh. I think he's going to be gone well before that. Um, kind of just a value pick, you know, obviously the giants have Saquon Barkley. They don't really need a running back behind that. Um, not that they have a good second running back necessarily. I think the second running back listed on the depth chart is Buck Allen. And then after that, you have Wayne Gallman, but it's more just a testament to how good Saquon Barkley is. Oh, yeah. Um, I think someone that you could see, like, you know, have a little bit of a complimentary role to Saquon just because Anderson's so good out catching p- passes out of the backfield where, you know, you could see him come in on third downs. Um, might end up as kind of like a Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen situation where, like, you know whether it's going to be a run or a pass depending on, like, who's in the game because one of them can pass block and one of them can't. Right. The one that can't being Darius Anderson. Yeah. Um, Duh. You know, do not ask this man to pass block ever. Uh, he can't do it. Not, I don't think he'll never be able to do it, but right now right he now can't it's, do it. Yeah. Um, someone who's really fluid in space, another guy who's just a really good athlete. Um, so, yeah, just kind of a value pick, really. And- He's, he's another guy that we've talked about on numerous episodes. I think he was in the uh, first position spotlight, if I'm not mistaken. He was in the poll, and we he was, did yeah. a more in-depth in more in-depth on. But I think, like you mentioned, he could be a guy that could be a change of pace back for them. But also, if Saquon still has the nagging injuries, you can ask Anderson to kind of be that backup running back. And if they can add a—if Saquon's healthy— you're going to put Anderson as your change of pace back in the receiving game. If he's not, mm-hmm. look for them to probably look at the free agency for a power guy because Anderson well, isn't Buck that. Allen. I don't trust Buck Allen. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't. If Buck Allen is my second best running back, then I'm looking at the free agency market for another Buck running Allen's back. Buck Allen's the goat. Um, but this was again Anderson's a value pick. We think we think he's going to be around three round four guy. Um, maybe even earlier than that, depending on how the running back boards fall. Maybe even a lot later than that, depending on how the running back boards fall. Um, when you yeah. look at mocks, you know, you could Swift and Dobbins, I think, are the one and two for the most part on most boards yeah. for running backs. And some of them aren't, those guys aren't going till mid-round two. Um, that could yep. change with the DeMonta Freeman news. Maybe Atlanta goes one in round one now. We'll have to see how that kind yeah. of shakes out. But well. Stay tuned once we get to the once we get to Atlanta, Atlanta right? But I think Anderson here. It was a value pick. It was a plea to not get fired, and it's just a really good player that the Giants eventually just need to start adding talent. And Anderson is talent, so yeah, definitely. And uh, that's that's it for the episode. Uh, this one, look at that. We did it in like a minute or an hour and two minutes. That's pretty good. Normally go. it's like an hour right. and a half. So now, we're getting better at this thing. So. Hope you guys did enjoy it. Um, if you did, you guys know the drill. Give a five-star review. You know, we are appreciative of those. We have a couple of them, so we do appreciate it. Um, leave your Write us a five-paragraph essay with an intro paragraph and a conclusion, including a thesis statement about why you love the podcast. And we also need a seven-round mock draft. So Yes. So go ahead and include all those. Seven-round mock draft where Josh and I are the only prospects available. Right. So one, two, one, two, one, two, every time. 
But, you know, we do appreciate the listeners. We loved the Twitter engagement this week. We hope to continue it. Go ahead and send us some questions on Twitter as well. And uh, if we get enough responses, we'll do a Q&A. Um, maybe I'll tweet yeah. that out in the next Let's couple of days. Um, that's at WNDraftPod. Just go ahead and you can use the hashtag at WNDraftPod. Or just go ahead and tweet at us. Um, follow me on Twitter at JoshBerg06. Excuse me, 0611. And follow Alex on Twitter at Alex Katzen. Go over to HoneLineSports.com to find our latest articles. Like I said, we both have got some projects we're working on, and we can't wait to release those. Um, we've got some interesting news that we're going to be releasing in the next couple of days. Um, so stay on the Hopefully, lookout. Yeah. Stay on the lookout for that. And then go over to Whole Nine uh, Sports on Twitter as well at Whole Nine Sports. A lot of cool stuff. We're like I said, we hit in full stride here. We got a lot of cool stuff, and you guys don't want to miss any of it. So. I'm Josh, signing out for Alex, and until the next episode where we do the Dolphins, the Dolphins seven-round mock, that will be pretty much the entire show, um, we will see you guys next time, and we do appreciate it. Goodbye.